want to say thank you for listening. So our sponsors have given some great deals in this episode. Check these out. This episode of The Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And RescueSwimmershop.com, official high-quality apparel featuring the silhouette. Breeze Eastern, they dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help your helicopter training. They train daytime, nighttime, aerial firefighting, hoist, longline, fast rope, rappel, and more. They can assist your program with standardization and safety checks or just an FAA annual refresher. With the certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crew, they are ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. Plus, right now, SR3 is offering 10% off anything in their web store with the promo code, all capital letters, REALRESCUE, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. Plus, they are offering 10% from their partners, Petzl, and their equipment. All you got to do is send an email to info at sr3rescueconcepts.com. Mention this podcast, The Real Rescue Podcast, and they'll take care of the rest. 15 years ago, photographer and Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 526, Chris Razok, created an iconic photograph. This photograph depicted the silhouette of a helicopter rescue swimmer reaching down for an outstretched hand in need against the American flag backdrop. The image went viral and became a symbol worldwide for the rescue community and the people they helped. Its wild popularity inspired Chris to launch RescueSwimmerShop.com, a web store offering official high-quality apparel featuring his evocative image, The Silhouette. T-shirts, hats, patches, and stickers featuring The Silhouette are available at RescueSwimmerShop.com, including the flagship design, So Others May Live. Follow Chris and his story on Instagram with the handle at Rescue Swimmer Shop. And if you are a rescue swimmer, support rescue swimmers, or just tell people you are one at the bar, this gear is definitely for you. When you get to the website, rescueswimmershop.com, enter the promo code, all lowercase, one word, rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E, for 10% off your order. Being a rescue swimmer, or even those of us that are part of search and rescue teams, the job is extremely mentally and physically demanding. In the United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer Manual, it specifically says this, A helicopter rescue swimmer must have the mental capacity, flexibility, mobility, strength, power, agility, endurance, and equipment to function for at least 30 minutes 
in heavy seas, on an unstable platform, on rugged terrain, during adverse weather conditions. The majority of us that do this job, we understand what it takes, which is one of the big things about training. When you look into training, you're talking physical training, pushing yourself to the limits, whether it's swimming, whether it's lifting, whether it's cardio, we are pushing ourselves every day so that we can prepare ourselves for whatever gets thrown at us, whether it's going in the water, going on the mountain, unstable boat or platform. That's what we're training for. That's what we're getting ready to go do. So our next guest in this episode of the Asterix brings us a little more insight as far as what these guys do at the elite athlete level. He brings some of his personal experiences and some of his personal routines that he does in order to keep himself at the peak performance. It certainly helped me with some of the stuff that I do, and I'm going to take some of the stuff that he does and definitely introduce it into my regiment. So please welcome elite CrossFit Games athlete, Mr. Travis Mayer. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Rescue Podcast. Today I've got an asterisk episode. That's right, because we uh, we're not talking rescue today. We're going to talk a little bit something just different. So my guest today, a seven times CrossFit Games athlete, Mister Travis Mayer. What's up, dude? What's going on? How we doing, man? <laughs> man, I am fantastic. So first, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the on the show, dude. This is. Dude, this is a treat for me. I'm I'm stoked. No, right no, now. I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm uh, excited to learn a little bit about your world, and then also share the stuff that we do and get to kind of throw down workouts and recovery and all that stuff. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, because your world, like I'm in your world right now, but I like I'm at the bottom of your world. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they're yeah. just different stages of the sport i mean it's just i think the thing that's easy for a lot of crossfitters to relate to is that the fact that you we understand kind of like what the feeling of workouts is like so i know exactly what you're feeling like doing the workouts and how you (laughs) your body and the experiences that it's going through where like it's hard for you to relate to an nfl player because you don't know what it's like getting hit by somebody 350 pounds like full speed running at you and I think it's just that's why CrossFitters I feel like always click so well is because everybody is able to do what the elite are doing or at least attempt and or scale or do whatever but it's pretty neat to do it yeah for sure but you're not at the bottom level yeah (laughs) thank you look at that I feel better already (laughs) You know, it's, uh, I got to tell you, man, it, it is impressive to watch you guys, all the elites on top, um, you know, all, all, your, all you guys just, and ladies, like, because heck, the scaled version is, I can't even do that. I can't even push half the yeah. weights that the girls are pushing. Gosh, Tia Toomey and, and I, all of them. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so. pretty impressive when you just watch. I mean, even watching like the master stuff and the adaptive, I mean, there's oh. an adaptive guy that deadlifted, I think, five over 500 pounds with like one arm or something like yeah 
That's yes. such, just unreal. The strap that like, they put on his arm. We have, yeah. Like you got no excuse. Like there's, <laughs> there's harder situations in life going on. And I mean, these people are, I mean, completely different than your world, but in that yeah. side of things and fitness side, yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, so I know who you are just because like, uh, I'm in the CrossFit world. Um, but for everybody else that, out there that doesn't know you or really the CrossFit world, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself a little bit of background about you and how you got into CrossFit. Yeah. So I'm a husband. I have four kids. I'm a gym owner, um, seven times games athlete, kind of like a little bit backstory I guess so I grew up racing motocross and that was kind of like where I spent most of my time was racing and one of my best friends at the time I started to kind of get out of racing a little bit and he was turning professional and so I ended up being a mechanic for him and so we would travel I was this was like as soon as I graduated high school his parents pretty much just let us go travel around the states and then we had like four practice bikes and race bikes and then we'd travel we'd go meet with our trainer and then from there we'd go to the track and then ride all day then we'd come back and i'd work on bikes and then all weekend we'd go to the races and go do different things so that was kind of like the start and i always kind of did fitness throughout that just because if you hit the ground at 50 miles an hour it's going to hurt so that was like one you thing think? my dad always, yeah, that was uh, one thing my dad always taught me was just, you need to make sure you're working out and staying healthy. So I always created this like passion and joy out of working out. And so then I found what of I started personal training in the mix of all of that. And one of my buddies was like, Hey, you should try this CrossFit thing. He said, you get to sit down, drink beer when you're done and just hang out. I was like, Oh, well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then, so I ended up watching all these like original videos from like back in the day when they like first started at the ranch and then at the games, the early stages. And then I was like, I want to do that. So then I immediately kind of like dedicated my whole life to that mission of like being a games athlete and being a professional athlete in that sense. So then I pretty much changed the way I was eat, sleeping, eating, drinking, literally everything to that day and has made the sole focus of going to the games and now trying to win the games is the goal going forward. So that's kind of the quick story of like how I kind of got into CrossFit and now I own a gym and it's a 12,000 square foot facility. And then Holy my coach moved his business inside of my gym. So then there's like a big hub of a lot of people trying to grow and learn and create a pretty cool environment. So it's fun. So what's the name of your gym and where are you located? So my name of the gym is United Performance and it's in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's about 30 minutes north in Alpharetta. Um, yeah. No, it's, yeah. Pretty awesome. And uh, for those yeah. that actually don't know, it's it, one of the really cool things that I enjoy about like CrossFit gyms. Cause so that's one of the bonuses about me and my job is I get to travel all around. So I drop into gyms all the time and there is not a single CrossFit gym that is named the same across the country. So it's, well, for the most yeah, part, but that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. Because they're all independently owned and they all run the gym different than how the guy down the street does. Like there's a gym 400 meters down the road from us. And I mean, it's run completely different than the way we do things. And it's yeah. just, it's pretty cool that you're allowed to do that. I think sometimes it can get a little interesting, <laughs> but for the <laughs> most part, like giving the owners the freedom to be able to do things that how they want to 
Um, I think everybody applies skills differently and how they learn and approach and teach. And I feel like when you're personal training, that's pretty much what you're doing in a group setting. So yeah, it's pretty cool to have the freedom to be able to allow our coaches to do whatever they need, allow the staff and everybody around in the gym to do those things as well. Oh yeah. No, I think it's amazing. And you know, it's, it's, it's interesting when you see, we're going to call them athletes and clients to come in that are looking for, Oh, I'd like to just get in better shape. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And then all of a sudden they're doing stuff that they never thought possible. And I specifically remember, and you could probably relate to this is you're, you're coaching somebody and you see them do a handstand against the wall for the first time since they were five. And and she was so happy. She left crying. She was, she was yeah. so pumped. And I'm like, brought a tear to my eye too. I'm like, oh, you, girl, come on. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, yeah. So that stuff's just happening daily. Right. So it's yeah. just, it's pretty awesome to see and watch as the members kind of grow and develop that the progress that they see. And I mean, it starts to happen fairly quick, depending on how consistent you're coming in and spending time doing extra things if you're wanting to hurt hit certain skills or if you're trying to walk on your hands or if you're trying to get a muscle up like those things of course take more time than just sometimes specifically what's written in the class but the when they do accomplish those things or during like the open and they get their first bar muscle up or something like the excitement that they get is like almost just as exciting for me watching it happen yeah um i was on a podcast the other day with like my coach and we were just talking about how intense, like the open, which is like, for those who don't know, it's like the first qualifying stage to get to the games, which is where like everybody sees on TV and different stuff. Yeah. It's and where it I get like, to compete against Travis Mayer. Oh, <laughs> snap. <Come on. laughs> yeah. um, it's where like watching the members get amped up and excited, got me excited and there would be times like usually Friday morning, I would do the workout. And there's been a few times where when we have like, we call it Friday night lights is when everybody comes to the gym, they do the open workout together. And then it's just a more competitive environment, which they enjoy. Yeah. And during that, I'll get sometimes so amped up and excited that I'll redo the workout that night or something just because I was like, the energy was so high, like watching people hit PRs, it got me excited. And then I'll end up doing better or beating my time by like a minute that I did that morning. And you'd be like, how's that even possible? But it's just like, that's the environment that you're creating and cultivating. And it's pretty cool that you can get that out of just general population members that are just yeah. excited to be there and accomplish something that they've been chasing for, for a while. And that just gets me fired up and then I want to go do it. And so, yeah. I love the fact that you just said to me that you did it, like you did the workout in the morning and then you got motivated to do it again in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm smoked for like two days and yeah. I'm, I'm planning like the beginning of the weekend and the end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a couple of years ago. They had, it was, if you took top 20 in the world in the open. So there was like, I don't know, I guess 200,000 participants on the male side. But if you took top 20 in the open, then you automatically qualified for the games. And I remember, I think it was the final week. I think I was in like 13th, 14th, something like that. And I was like, I should, I had enough point cushion that I thought I would be fine. But I ended up like doing the workout. I wasn't happy with it, did it again, ended up doing it again. So I did it three times in one day. And it was like the <laughs> thruster chest bar one. And I, I don't know how I did it. Sometimes it's just 
the body takes over and you just kind of trust everything you've been doing and leading up to that. But it's definitely crazy what your body's capable of doing when you just put your mind to it. You are not kidding. Holy smoke, <laughs> which is okay. So now that's a great transition right now into like the, the conjunction between CrossFit and the rescue world. There are things that, that we do, you know, in the rescue world, um, you know, which are standard, I'm going to call them CrossFit moves. You've got your, your deadlifts, you've got your cleans, you've got your presses, you know, you got guys, you're, you're pushing litters overhead. You're picking up, you know, 250, 300 pound people as a team to move them in a litter from one point to another. Um, this is one of the things that I love about CrossFit and, and a little background about me too, is I, when I first got into rescue, man, I, I was just kind of a go to the gym, get bigger get stronger that there was no mobility there was no like other than getting in the pool like because it was required for me to swim you know rescue yeah. swimmer and all you know <laughs> but other than a- that yeah <laughs> right so you know the when i started getting into the crossfit world my buddy kurt revels you know he uh owned a gym down in in houston texas and he would bring me in and then we'd start doing workouts together when we were working but that's kind of where it started for me. And I was like, Oh snap, you know, we have, you, you're hiking up somebody up of like 300 steps or 10 flights of stairs. And, you know, you're doing that pull. It's, it's all these different moves to get onto a boat. You have to come out of the water and do that almost a bar muscle up to get in and on the yep. boat. You know, it's stuff like that, that people don't understand the relationship between the two. And, and that's what I think is so amazing and important for people to listen to and practice, you know, and CrossFit's a great way to do it, especially proper technique. Oh my God. Let me get into some proper technique for a minute, because yeah. I will tell you from my own experience, uh, I get in the gym and I get like 315 on the bar. I'm getting ready to do back squats. And I went about three inches down and I was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> Dude, let me yeah. tell you, I got humbled that day when my buddy's yeah. like, I don't know, pull all those plates off. You got 95 on and they're like, sit your butt down right to that bunch. That's a full back squat. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's you just took the excitement from my 315 PR to a 95 pound. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely movement quality and standards that you want to focus on and make sure you're hitting just due to the fact of like, it's healthy and it's smart and it's the way you should be squatting and pressing and not ending with the barbell overhead in front of you. But I mean, I think it's also depending on whatever your goals are, right? Like if you're just pure bodybuilder and that's what you want to accomplish and go after, then the you don't necessarily have to focus as much on like the movement patterns and the quality of how you're actually getting the reps done. Like it's going to be in front of you on some things where if it's like, Hey, I want to be a competitive CrossFitter, then it's like, okay, like you have to meet these standards. You have to make sure the bar is in this position. You have to make sure you're hitting this depth on a squat. And I think it just kind of varies on what the goals and aspirations are. But at the right. end of the day, better movement quality is going to help kind of translate into everything else. If I'm moving better with out weight, then when I start adding weight, if I can still maintain that, then you're just structurally making everything stronger and better for yourself and setting you up for success. And I mean, to then translate that into like the rescue swimmer world, like doing a bunch of different movements that of course are, I don't want to say sports specific, but almost like job specific that's going to suit you guys to if it is doing bar muscle ups and doing different pull-ups and strict and body weight and weighted vest stuff and 
I feel like there's definitely ways you tr can train that stuff to make it even more optimal once you get in and out of the water and how you do things and carry people. And I think yeah. anybody can benefit from CrossFit as I think it's beneficial and it's great, but not everybody enjoys suffering. So I don't think it is necessarily for everybody, right? Like you, you have to enjoy suffering kind of to a degree. Now, granted, you can do the workout slower and make it not hurt as much, but then the intensity is not there. So then you're not getting ultimately the result that you're wanting. So you're trying to create that balance of do I go too hard? Do I drop the weight? Like what's the intention? But that's ultimately you start leading into like good coaching and staff and how they'll teach you how you should feel during the workout, what the experiences should almost be like the time domain, like all of those things, even when you start looking at workouts is what starts to then make you a better athlete or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah, totally agree. You know, one of my buddies, uh, he's a rescue swimmer as well. Bob Watson He's kind of famous in our world. All right. So yeah. love Bob Watson. But he said to yeah. me one day, he's like, you know, we're professional athletes. We're just not paid for it. And I was like, what? And I kind yeah. of looked at him sideways. And then all of a sudden I'm getting launched out to, you know, a, a boat on fire and I'm swimming in 20 foot waves. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Now I can relate. Oh, by the way, and tomorrow you get launched out and you're going to a mountain because some dude's stuck on a mountain and you're hiking up to go get him. That's, that's the greatest part for me between the CrossFit world and the rescue world. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what the workout's going to be. Like you have an idea, but you never actually know, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, what's also exciting and keeps people entertained and not ever get bored with it. Right. It's not like I'm just going hot and hopping on an elliptical or treadmill for 20 minutes. And that's my workout for the day. It's like, no, like for us competing, there's a lot of times even going into like the games, we don't know what we're doing until we get there. Yeah. Um, like, so they'll announce events literally 10 minutes before you start the competition of a workout. And they'll be like, this is the event here, are the standards, this is what it is. You got 15 minutes, warm up and go. So like, there's really like, you better make sure you're skilled at almost everything, right? Like you just don't know what you're going to do. So that's why all year round, you're just preparing for literally anything, whether it's swimming, like we swim typically twice a week right now, and then going into the games is sometimes more, but then when you're getting to the games, then you're doing stand up paddleboard, prone paddleboard. You're literally this year we had kayaking at the games after a swim. I mean, like, you really Which is pretty don't awesome. know. Yeah. So you never know what you're actually going to do until you get there, which is neat. Um, but it's definitely hard to train for because you literally just keep training everything. Like I have a sprint coach that does like field and track work and agility work. And then I have a swim coach and, and then I have my weightlifting coach and then I have my actual like CrossFit coach. And then like, there's just so many different elements that you're combining into one to then hopefully whatever comes out on game day, you're ready. Yeah. Um, you know, like yeah. people have their gymnastics coaches, like there's so many different areas and sports that have all been brought together kind of into one hub of CrossFit, which is neat to do and then experience. Cause then, I mean, then you're just getting more skilled and you're always having to learn something like always. Yeah. Because if it, even if you think you know what it is next year, they're going to change the standard of it. They're going to change how it's done. Like it's just a never ending 
like you would think for a burpee, which is where you jump down, get your chest to the ground, jump up, clap overhead. That would be the simple standard. Well, it's like now they have it where you can jump and reach 12 inches on the wall. You can do it to a target. You can do it over bars. You can do it laterally. You can do it over boxes. And I mean, like, so you have to have 10 different techniques on how you would do a burpee for that one movement and then now spread that out over every single movement we do you better have different ways you cycle a barbell i need to have a speed one i need to have the technical version like there's so many different things that you're always having to learn but i mean that's what's fun right that's what always keeps you going back you're never you're never bored with it that's for sure right there's always something new and exciting kind of coming up so this is another spot that we can relate to uh even in the rescue world where you have that drive and motivation to keep coming back for more. It's that mindset to not let the workout beat you, number one, and two, that that determination and the motivation to get it done. And I think that's where like a lot of the rescue people that I know that I've worked with, like you don't, just cause you get called out, you're not, you don't say no, like no is not an option. People are dying, go get them. You know, they're praying for that miracle we're, that they're, we're going. And that's what we need to train for. So all of us are training to that aspect. So, you know, I dig it. Yeah, I mean, it's super impressive what you guys do. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I wouldn't say I know enough about any of that, really, in the ah. rescue world. I mean, but it, I fight, and this might, I don't, hopefully this isn't an insult, but I feel like the closest thing is like the movie, The Guardian or whatever. Hey, with, uh, that is exactly Oscar. it. The Guardian, so mic like, drop. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's actually like a, you know, like sometimes when people recreate movies of like, if it's in the military, something like it can be offensive and different things. I'm like, that's just like the closest thing to like rescue swimmers that I've ever like experienced and seen. And I'm like, man, that stuff just looks insane and is super impressive. Even from swimming just straight or in the ocean <laughs> or I mean, like even in Dubai, when we were swimming, we had like six foot twelves or something. And like swimming in that is sketchy. And I'm like, let alone having to do that while trying to save somebody with all the gear on, I'm like, man, that would be hard. Um, so it's very impressive that you guys are able to do that and you're saving people's lives. Like at the end of the day, like what you guys are doing is incredible. So well, thank more you. props to all of you guys doing ah, that. Cause I, mean, much appreciated. Just, I just happened to, I just happened to work out and found out that I was good at it. You know, like <laughs> you guys are making big changes out there. So you guys are the ones that deserve all the props. What I think is funny is you're like uh, looking at six foot seas and it's a rough day and it's yeah. kind of sketchy. And I'm like, let's go, I mean, baby. let's to, do this. I'm used to, <laughs> I'm used to the lake and the pool. Like I live in Atlanta. There's no, like for me to get any sort of swell, it's not happening here. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that could happen is probably in the bathtub if I'm splashing a lot or something, but there's not going to be a lot of uh, <laughs> swells happening anywhere in pretty much Florida or anywhere close enough that I'm going to be driving frequently to practice swimming like that. So, I mean, I remember we pulled up and they were like, Oh, the water should be calm today. I think it should be a great day. And we all get there and we're like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, these things are no joke. Like, and, and I mean, it's pretty much fair for everybody because no one ever trains in that. Right. Like most people, when they're going out to train, the conditions are like ideal, perfect, calm water. Like (laughs) it's like when you're going out wakeboarding or something in the morning and it's just glass, like, and then you have to go out when it's like Labor Day weekend and everybody's there. Like it just, it's not (laughs) the same effect 
but that's why you train yeah. all different things. And then that comes into the mindset thing of being able to stay calm in those pressure situations of like, I mean, I think it was in 20, what year was that at the games? 13, 14. I don't know. It was 2013 or 14, maybe or 14. Cause 13, we were in the pool. Um, we, it was like a burpees, kettlebell thrusters, then you went out, swam around a buoy, came back, did it again. And then you went out and around the pier. And I remember there was a point where I was like, we were swimming out and there was like shark sightings that morning. So it was already making everybody feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and I mean, out around the pier is just a very uncomfortable feeling. Like there's not, and it's not like we're close, like, right. Everybody started to spread out now in the workout. Like everybody's pretty far apart. And I remember I'm just like staring down into like the abyss and I'm like, this is my time. Like a shark's coming right now. Like, this is it. Like, I have nothing I can do. Like my time is done. Like this is it. I'm done. Like, and it's like, there's nothing I could do. Like the shark's just going to take me. Um, but just, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine being like, like you guys are out in the middle of like nowhere, like yep. the ocean. And I'm like that feeling to be able to stay calm in that situation and i mean probably the last thing on your mind is like oh, i'm about about to get attacked by a shark or something well but, it's there <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just it it's imp- like people don't know like that it is a sketchy feeling when you're in the middle of the ocean and i mean like granted i had 500 yards back to shore so like i could swim it but if you couldn't see shore like and you're out in the middle of the ocean like that that's a different mindset to be able to stay calm and regulate your heart rate make sure you're okay like that's some intense stuff but yeah the mine was i was about to get eaten by a shark was what i thought was happening that's so funny <laughs> uh, the only thing I'll, uh, I'll i'll argue with you about is it's not a different mindset it's the same mindset in a different yeah. aspect yeah, like, yeah that, that too <laughs> yeah totally totally is but man that's that's hilarious and uh just yeah. for the record when you guys were swimming um, this last one, you guys, it was a mile swim and then a three mile kayak off the top of my head. Yeah. 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 So you got had fins on for your mile swim. Man, I want you to that know that was... every swimmer out there is like, Oh, I got this workout. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, I honestly, like we never train in fins ever. Um, cause it's not ever allowed typically. Um, but this is what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're getting into or what they're going to send out or make is the workout i think it definitely helped certain people like because if you're not a good swimmer you put fins on it makes a big difference but i felt like the majority of us like you would have seen more of a separation if you took the fins off for sure and like known who can actually stay consistent kicking and who's actually in good body positions and actually working on there's i'm not saying the people that won are like they probably would have been the same regardless just based off of Koski was like a world-class swimmer like yeah. so he yeah. he better win right like that would <laughs> right? be like putting me like that'd be like me getting on a motocross track and saying like oh these people are gonna beat you it's like nah it's probably not gonna happen like it's yeah. just let's be real it's not like I spent a lot of my time doing that like you won't and I mean that's the same situation for him but I think you definitely would have seen mix-ups in the like top 15 that would have been different just based off of like the fins I feel like did make a huge difference because it once you got onto the kayak I don't feel like anybody passed anybody like it just kind of stayed like 
because no one's kayaked really, or no one had enough experience. So it was like, whatever you kind of got into the water in on the kayak, you just kind of stayed there. Yeah. It wasn't like, cause it's not like anybody has a good enough technique. Cause we just found out the day before what we were doing. So, I mean, you can watch 10,000 YouTube videos, but you're not going to figure out how to master the kayak. <laughs> like it's just right. not going to happen. So I think which is cool though, because then it just shows like everybody was kind of at an even playing field. What will happen is next year, if they bring it back again, or in five years, people will continue to keep practicing it. Then you'll see, I feel like more of a separation of, Oh, they've actually been doing this. Clearly I haven't kind of thing. Yep. And it's working on the weakness, which I, there's something else that I love in CrossFit. And I've heard a lot of you guys, the elites talk about that working on the weakness, you know, and I've heard both sides, like, Oh, I just go to the gym and do biceps because my biceps are huge. No, dude, work on something that, you know, your skinny little legs. All right. <laughs> you know, like the guys that never do squats, man, get under the bar. You got to, you know, build it all equally. Yeah. But, um, all right. So let me, let me jump into uh, Travis Mayer's recommendations because this is something that I'm always curious about. And there are things that I've learned, you know, throughout my career. And there are things that I love right now, but from you, proper training. Like, what are your recommendations for everybody out there for proper training? And that is relating to the, I'm going to call it the functional fitness movements. All right. And before we go too far, I want to tell you a story. And that is, so my wife and I are on a mission trip and we're down in Mexico and she's mixing concrete, right? Mixing concrete. And I swear to God, I looked over to her and she did like a straight up clean of the bucket and then a press. And I'm like, look at that clean and jerk right there it was beautiful (laughs) yeah it's definitely definitely functional for sure at certain points um yeah i mean i think from like a training perspective it's all going to vary based upon what your i feel like goals and aspirations are and like what you're trying to strive for right like if you're trying to be a competitive crossfit athlete then you need to reach out find a coach get on a good structure someone that's going to keep you safe healthy and continue to keep doing it for longevity purposes. I mean, if you're just trying to be, I mean, I've been in the game for 10 years now and have stayed healthy, no real injuries with my coach, like everybody's been healthy. That's ultimately what I'm wanting to continue to do and then be able to show my children that and all these different things. Like you don't need to train like an idiot and just do 10,000 workouts in a day and then be like, oh, this is a smart way to get better because that's what they all look like they're doing. We do that, but that's also, I've been building that up for 10 years, right? Right, Like the volume I didn't just start with was what I'm doing going into the games, like going into the games, we were doing five or six workouts a day. Which is insane to the majority of us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, you have to have a coach or someone else versus just yourself that can, you can have a conversation with that can be like, no, that's actually a really bad idea. Don't do that. Um, or yeah, you can do that, but that's fine. Like having that someone else to call you out when it's like, it's not an okay time. But I mean, I've been with my coach for since 2012 and he's like moved his whole business to inside my gym. Like he's literally like a brother to me. So creating a relationship with your coach, like not saying you need to be that close with him, but you need to make sure you're reaching out to a coach that actually has a good understanding of movement quality patterns, like how you're doing things that you're staying in a safe environment from the competitive sport world. But if it's just like, you're wanting to train 
functional fitness and then trying to get better and just live a healthier life, then I think finding and researching a good CrossFit gym that's focused on movement patterns is giving you an onboarding process when you're walking in so that you're having a better idea than just getting thrown into a class. And it's like, Hey, deadlift this weight. Yeah, do it. Where it's like, no, like how do I hinge from the hip? How am I dropping my knees down? Like there's so many different things like that go into it that set you up for success that then hopefully translates into your everyday life, right? Like I pick my kids up and throw them in the air 10,000 times, right? Like ultimately I'm doing a cleaning jerk every single time, but no one's thinking of it like that, right? Anytime you pick up groceries off the ground, you're doing a deadlift. Like it's all those little things, but you're not really thinking about it. But those are the things that it's translating to where it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you're going to set up and like, I need to keep my back tight, drop my hips down and keep like the backs close. <laughs> like you're not thinking that when you're picking up groceries off the ground, but ultimately if I'm training those skills and habits inside a gym that when I get outside of it, it's just ultimately going to make it 10 times better. Like I remember, so my father-in-law is not, he always kind of like, he knew what I did and knew I owned a gym, but never came in for years and then he finally came into the gym and pretty much fell in love with CrossFit. And he's like, man, I'm so bummed I didn't do this like sooner when I like met you and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it's cool to see like, even he's like, I can see the benefits and the strength. And like, I've kind of like seemed his body, like, I don't want to say transform, but transform to a degree of like, okay, he's got like a six pack abs coming in. The guy's like 60 years old. Right. Nice. So it's like, there are different ways. And it's just like, it's making him stronger Then he's able to play with like his grandkids for longer. Right. Like all those things are ultimately benefiting and helping him. And it's just being able to do those things. Like my parents come to the gym all the time and they're 65. Like you can still do it at whatever age you want. Right. Like yep. it's not like there's an age limit. Like I've had 70 year olds come into the gym that we've trained and for them, of course, you're scaling down what they're doing and part of the intensity just based off of like, health reasons and smart, but that's what you should also be researching and knowing of the gym you're going into knows what they're talking about. Yep. Right. Like that'd be like me falling into the water and being like needing a rescue swimmer, but you just found somebody like off Craigslist and you're like, Hey, go save them. Right. Like no experience, no training. Like you got to make sure you have your research and knowing like the people you're sending out know what they're talking about and they're doing. And it's the same thing. I feel like when you go into a gym or somewhere else, right? Like you need to make sure they know what they're talking about and have an understanding and know how to teach quality of movement. And I mean, you might not know for certain, but then if that's like a great place for you, ask a buddy or somebody you probably know, knows something about fitness. And it's like, do they sound like they know what they're talking about? Like, if you're not sure, like the way technology is now too, like you can always find YouTube useful. Yeah. You can find useful information anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, that was kind of, I guess, a little off topic, but no, you know, I mean, a, you're, you're on a topic, it's just a proper training. You know, you get a guy that yeah. comes in there and gives you that proper training. You know, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed was going to my level one CrossFit, you know, and there are things that they start talking about there and that repeats in all the gyms you go to and you're like, okay, yep. Yeah, back straight, you know, tight core, yep. this, that, and the other thing, and, and depending on the movement, but I learned a lot from that. And I highly recommend for anybody that's out there, go to a class. It doesn't have to be a CrossFit class or a CrossFit schooling, but go to a class with proper technique. The, so the Bergner class is a great lifting class. And you have all these good classes that are out there that have proper form. And it's like super good. Yeah. yeah. 
Cause you yeah, see I mean, guys, the way technology yeah. is, yeah, you can have, yeah, you have access to literally everything at your fingertips. It's not how it was like 20 years ago. Like right. the way you can literally snap or pull up a video and you're like, Hey, I need snatch technique work. Like yeah. there's professionals teaching you snatch technique work that were like elite level and world-class. So it's like all that stuff's just right at your fingertips. It's just how much do you actually want to spend on those skills? Or if it's like, Hey, I want to learn how to handstand walk, or I want to learn how to swim, like, or I want to learn how to run better. Like it's literally all out there at your fingertips. It's just being able to take the time and go do it to almost like retrain how you're doing things currently and develop it in a better pattern. Like I've retrained my snatch and clean. I couldn't even tell you how many times just like there's different ways we'll be like, okay, my hips are more open now. My bottom position's better than how my my mobility was five years ago. So now we need to change maybe the setup position, widen the hands out a centimeter more on each side. Okay. When I'm dropping my hips in the setup, like there's different ways to change everything. And you're constantly always trying to get better and find like that 1% almost to apply in each and every area. And that's ultimately what we're striving for every day is to what we're trying to create is just how can I get better at this one movement. Okay. Well, I've done it 10,000 times. All right. Well now I have to retrain it. Okay. So I drop back down to PVC, do a PVC for a while, then empty bar, then 95, 135, 185, 220. Then it just becomes habit. Yeah. But it's like, people just think, right. You see a snatch 300 pounds and clean and jerk 365. And like, that's cool and all. And that looks great on social media and everywhere else, but like, that's not actually what's happening, right? Like you're not seeing the 10,000 hours I spent of movement work just to get into a better position in the bottom of the squat to then keep my hands together and snatch overhead. Like yeah. that's the stuff that people don't see. It's like, you don't see all the schooling and stuff that you guys do with like swimming and how to save somebody. Like you just see, Hey, I'm jumping into the water. I'm going over there. I'm saving them and then coming back. Like you're not seeing all the skills and the technique and the training habits that have like been ingrained in you to do that. Like, it'd be like, if I change your complete stroke, like for you, it'd be a completely different ball game getting into the water. If you had to learn a new stroke today, like right. it's just, it's just the way it is. And I think that's what has always brought me to CrossFit and made me enjoy it is that it's like, you're always having to learn something new. You always have to like level up whatever it is you're doing. And I think that's what like Dave Castro's done a good job at with the games is like never letting it be the same thing. Like it's always fun. like, okay, your rope climbs. All right. Now they're legless. Okay. They were always 15 feet. All right. Now they're 20 feet. Like you're always finding a way yeah. to make things more challenging, difficult, and really start to push the body outside its comfort zone. And I think that comes into play of his Navy seal background and, same concept like you're preparing for the unknown like you don't know what you're going into right it's literally the same like I last year at the games so I wasn't there but they did a run he said it was going to be a 5k run and as soon as they got to the finish line, <laughs> he said, turn around and go back right like that's where Matt mental- Fazer flipped them off <laughs> yeah that, yeah so that's the uh different cool side of like the mental game is just being yeah. prepared to be thrown off like that's what he's trying to do right like that was what he was trained in was like people always threw me off my game and what he did so it's like his way of transferring it into our sport which is neat and I don't think they'll probably ever do that again because then people expect it but the fact that he did it in that moment is like it was very interesting um but it's a I mean that then translates I feel like to you guys is like 
Oh, it does. Hey, you got to call you, right? Like you got to call, you got to go out, you got to go save somebody. And then immediately later you get a call again. Okay. We got to go again. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like you just have to do it. Like, right. That just is what it is. And I mean, it's well, I'll give different you another for example. our sport because. It, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. You're good. Well, I, I can give you another example of that is when like we get launched out on stuff all the time and the information that comes into us of the original call is very different than when you get on scene. All of a sudden you're on scene. They tell you, Oh yeah, you got one or two people in the water and it's five or six. And you're like, Holy cow, you know, or I remember specifically flying out to uh, the vessel that was on fire and I'm coming on the radio and they're telling me there's 26 people in the water. And I'm like, I'm sorry, did you say two, six, 26 people in the water? That was a whole I mean, I'm going to be there in an hour and a half. There's a major game change in mindset with that whole, with that whole case, you know, anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. Go Dave Castro. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does a very good job with that. It's very good at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, So what do you guys do or you specifically, what do you do for recovery in between, you know, you had just mentioned it, like you, you do one workout and then you go right into another workout. You know, for us, it's the same thing. And you, for those of us, there are those that have listened, you can go back and listen to Dave Gray, Butch Flythe and some of the other ones that have had, you get launched out, you go to a case, you come back, you clean off the helicopter, you clean up your gear and boom, alarm goes off again. And you're going back out your recommendation. Like what, what do you guys do to prepare yeah. yourself from one workout to the next that would relate to us as far as how we can prepare <laughs> to be maximized from one call to the next? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, like I have a kind of an understanding of what my body's going through. Right. And like how many calories I'm kind of like burning, like the amount of time I'm spending under tension. Like I kind of have an idea of like what the workout and how much carbs with like my nutritionist I'm working on. And I'll see like, okay, when I'm doing this workout, I need 75 grams of carbs. I need 40 grams of protein. Don't worry about your fat right now. You'll get that later. And then like, so I have like things broken down for each workout and when they're done. So I think for the general population, I think the biggest thing is like stretching and cooling down, which is what most people don't do, right? Like you finish. I mean, I can only relate this to like fitness and CrossFit because that's what I do. Um, I feel like it's hard for me to relate it to what you do. No, it's the, all good. Cause I'm telling you right now, it's very similar, very similar. Yeah. So I mean, I think from that side, it's like, if you already have like a shake pre-made, like if it's like you pack two of them, just no, not knowing what you're going to get into. Like I have my protein and my carbs and whatever else, if you like other things mixed in with your shakes, I like things super easy and digest easy in my stomach. So I've keep a certain carb that I take and a certain protein that just sits well with me and then digest easily. So then as soon as I'm done, I'll drink that. And then I'll hop on usually like a bike or you can go for a walk or something at like a very low intensity, like easy pedaling while drinking that. And then when I'm done with that, just do a little bit of movement work, stretching out what positions I felt were like super tight. So probably for you guys, a lot of upper body lats kind of legs, like if you know what a couch stretch is, doing couch stretch. So oh, like if I you love to hate it, hate to love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like lat pull down, just like extending out the lats, doing getting body work done. If you have like a hypervolt or Theragun or one of those that like compulses, and then you can literally put it on the body and just anything you can start doing to get the blood flow to the muscle to start recovering and healing faster. Um, 
I mean, I do a lot of Norma tech, which that you're sitting still though, like you're sitting in compression boots and it's filling up air all the way up your legs and pretty much just flushing out like the lymphatic system and then leading to healing faster and recovery. But that's kind of hard to do if you're just getting ready for a call, like to get in and out of those is not the easiest thing. Yeah, that's um, not, that, that one's not going to quite relate to us. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing probably I would say would be like, having food or shake immediately after try to get, if you can take real food in, take real food in. Cause that's ultimately going to be better than it would be in a shake. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of people just aren't getting enough in like, they'll be like, like calories wise, less, less calorie wise to yeah. for most of the people I deal with. It's like, I'm trying to lose weight or do this. And then they think they need it to be at a major deficit, which is completely wrong which is a misconception of, I don't know why and how that got created, but it's not healthy and doesn't do you any good. But right. then when you start saying, Hey, you need five meals a day, this is what you're counting, but this is way more. Just try it. Just like, trust me. You know, it's like those <laughs> kind of things of just trying different things and learning. And it's the same thing that now goes for nutrition. Yeah. But I, I think nutrition wise, like staying healthy, cooling down properly, having a shake or some sort of like hyperbole, Theragun kind of thing, I think would be probably like beneficial in the, the like 20 to 30 minute range post. Yeah. Which I think could allow better recovery purposes. I can tell you like uh, specifically in warm up and cool down, like for warm up for me personally, and this is for anybody that flies out there, I do uh, some push ups or some flutter kicks in the aircraft, in the helicopter as we're flying out, probably like 10 minutes before you get on scene. Um, I have done a little stretching of the legs and, and whatnot before you land. So that way you're at least warm. Cause the last thing, again, a lot of us will fly, you know, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes up to two hours. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, there they are. Go. And you're like, Whoa, Whoa, I haven't even had a chance to warm up yet. So for everybody out there, give you, give you a minute of warm your body, a chance to warm up in the aircraft, whether it's push-ups, flutter kicks, just something. And then, I'm all about your advice right there. When you get back in the aircraft to, to just kind of stretch out a little bit and loosen up, like, and when you get back to land and relax, yeah. like, Oh, I'm all yeah, about I mean, it. Yeah. I think that's the bigger thing is just spending the time and quality of trying to make the recovery as optimal as possible. And if that is, I mean, I don't know the situations on like what you guys take with you and how all that stuff works, but if there is a way like you do just have like a shaker, like thrown in a bag in the corner of the helicopter or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then that's like an easy way, like, okay, on the way back, you can just sit there, stretch out for like 10 minutes while you sip on that. And then you don't even have to worry about it. Then as soon as the helicopter lands and then it's kind of like, okay, well, there we go. But it's just being able to find out what's optimal for you. Right. Like, what's going to work for you. Is not going to work for Jim Joe down the street or then right. Simi, Jimmy John over here? Like the, everybody's got a different recovery way. And my way is not always going to be everybody else's way. I mean, I just think as long as you're finding some way to recover and replenish your body from what just happened, then ultimately you're setting yourself up for success rather than if it was like, okay, we finished. I'm just going to sit there and not do anything. Like all you're doing is tightening up. Then your body's <laughs> getting hungry. Like all these kind of things, your muscles are starving. Like you just broke down all the muscles. Like now you got to repair it. Like you got to be able to do those things. But I think it's just figure out the most optimal way to do it for yourself. And then just stick with that. Right. Like I love it. Same. Yeah. Same proteins I take. You probably don't want to take or same cart, like it's all different and it's personal preference, but 
good thing there's 10 million supplements out there that you know everybody can take <laughs> yeah no no i i love the uh the protein shake you know idea i actually do that myself i have a shaker bottle with a couple scoops of protein in it uh i always carry water with me and then on occasion i'll have like a cliff bar or some sort of uh like the carb bar and again i am all about real food that's that's like yeah you know i would rather get real food but when you have when you're in the back of a helicopter, it's, it's a little more, or I mean, even the back of the fire truck and you, you can't just stop off and hit the grocery store at the moment, but yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like everybody flies with something in their bag. I have that with me. It is something that I utilize all the time. Um, I do love the idea of stretching out afterwards, whether it's when you get back on the ground or if you can in the aircraft. So some of the aircrafts we fly on Travis, they're, they're pretty tight. Uh, yeah, I, I could only imagine. <laughs> I could only imagine what that feels like. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, the when I finish a workout, I have bikes and plenty of space and <laughs> walls to stretch on, and bands everywhere, and machines to cool down on, and cold tubs. Like for us, it's a little different. The yeah. environment situation immediately when I'm done, where for you guys, I can imagine is not as comfortable. Yeah, as no, luxurious. No, no not quite. The, the um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm going to go into the mobility a little bit because you talked about it in the stretching and whatnot and, and your Theragun, you know, if there's one thing, th there's three things I've learned quite a bit of, uh, since I've been doing more CrossFit than anything else. And even just, just educating myself on what works best for my body. You, you mentioned it a second ago, you use what's best for your body. And I, I try to do the same for me. The number one thing, and I can't recommend this enough to everybody, is figure out like real food and, and healthy food, like your your calorie intake and, and get away from the processed stuff. Get away from that junk food that just freaking jacks everybody up. Um, yep. The other one for me is, which I didn't realize when I was younger, is how much stretching and mobility work is needed. You know, like I told you earlier, I used to go to the gym and just lift heavy and then not stretch out. And now it is biting me. Like my overhead stuff is ridiculous. My, the most, yeah. my, you know, and everybody that's out there. My brother, my brother loves to do like the pump sessions, but when he reaches his arms over, says his hands are yeah. here. Put your hands here. Put them overhead. I, I can't, you know, I can't get my hands back there. <laughs> yeah. Like he'll literally try to reach up and his hands are like this far apart. And I always crack up. He's like, my arm is too big. Just cause you're doing bodybuilding <laughs> sessions. But it's, no, it's I cause I can't reach that spot on my back ever. I mean, Can I get some help? Exactly what it is. I mean, it's funny because he'll always reach his arms up and I'm like, God, this is so bad. Like touch your hands. Like what if you had, what if it was like life or death right now and you had to touch your hands together? He's like, I couldn't do it. Nope. <laughs> Not if your arms are locked. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, any sort of movement. I mean, I think gymnastics, if you're like a kid, is like a great way to get into like movement, understanding strength in very strange positions, yeah. but it also benefits you so much, right? Like kids these days, it's like sit and reach test or do right. something else. It's like, okay, like sure, that's great, but there also needs to be more of an impact in the way you're teaching them and doing different things. I'm not saying they need to do CrossFit or something else, but like right. finding different ways to be more functional and movement and quality. Like those are the things that's going to help longevity wise, like sitting down. And the bad thing is it's like, okay, you can sit down and play video games and be played paid to be like this millionaire that just now is that's like 
the new big thing, right? Like you yeah. can pay to watch people play video games and different things. Like it's just creating this sedentary habits that aren't good, like that are not creating, Hey, get outside fresh air, like the things that are good for life and your own sanity. But right? <laughs> I mean, it, it does also, it pays the bills and it's very impressive that that's a thing. Um, that you can play a video game and get paid to do it, which is unreal to me. But I, uh, I mean, me too, dude. Me too. I've never been. And I think that's hard for me because I've never been a big video game person ever. Yeah, like, me neither. Growing up, I ne- I would rather been outside, like skateboarding, rollerblade, like something else yeah. physical outside. Um, and people, I remember people like, did you see how much this guy just won for like winning this video game? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no. And he's like 16 years old or something, yeah. but it's just unreal that, I mean, granted, you could be famous from TikTok and YouTube now. So, I mean, it's just crazy what the world has come to in regards of like perception of what like real athletes are doing. Like you're getting YouTube stars that are fighting professional athletes. Like how crazy is that? Like what, like these people have 25 years of experience building up to this point and then you also have this YouTube star that's like, ah, I just want to create a video and some content and I'm going to fight this guy. All right, cool. Let's do it. And then pay-per-view does it. And yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But I think from like a, yeah, sorry, that was off top, but back to like mobility, mobility. Yeah. Back to like the movement and mobility stuff. I think the more you can do a kind of routine and find something that like there's so many apps and like ramwad go wad um yeah. i use go wad myself i i yeah, totally enjoy I think, it like there's another couple other ones out there but like it runs you through like a stretching and warm-up routine yeah. and kind of assesses you on how your movement already is and what you can do to improve that i mean i think anybody can benefit from that like yeah yeah. The more you sit, the more you're just tightening everything up. The amount of back problems and different things that go on from just sitting, it's because you're sitting all day. Right. Like that's, it's just not healthy for you. So yeah. like, you're not meant to be doing that. So finding ways. And if it's like every hour I'm hopping up and doing a five minute stretch of something, whether it's my hips, whether it's my, so as whether it's my shoulders, like find something every hour or something, just hop up and move, whether I walk, whether I squat, like find yourself something to do in between those times than just like sitting down and not doing anything. It's just worse for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. If I have to, if I, have to, if I ever have to fly like a super long distance, like 15 hours or so, and my routine is like, I watch a movie or a show and then I get up and stand and stretch for like five, 10 minutes and like, okay, go back down. planes i don't do that it's like the weirdest thing i i don't know why it like even going to the bathroom i hate it like the whole like the whole situation of like i don't know why it's not like i'm afraid of flying or being in the air i feel like i always like the window seat because i always like to be able to look out see if something was about to happen but then (laughs) also just the fact of like man i don't want to get up and pee like there's been times i've gone the full like eight and a half hours to Amsterdam and haven't got up at all. Oh, you're crazy. Like, I, just, I am. And I don't understand why. And I don't, and I'm like, why? Well, like in my head, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, just get up and move. I'm like, no, no, you're fine. Just stay here. Keep watching. And so then I, I don't know. I'll just keep watching movies and keeping myself entertained. I don't like, I don't like getting up on the planes for some reason. Oh, that's funny. That's Very strange. Funny. Now that I actually start to think about it. Yeah. Hey, maybe I'll change it on the next flight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm going to, yeah. 
I'll get up on the next. I mean, so, I'll be, I think Texas next. So I'll go, if I Texas is a pretty short flight, but uh, it's easy. I'll, I'll try to get up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one of the other guys that I, I there's a book out there by David Goggins and let's see, you can, or can't hurt me. And yeah. in the book, he actually talks about, cause he's a prior Navy SEAL as well. And, and he was all muscle head and got into ultra marathons and stuff, but he actually talks about it where he was so tight that his body started to shut down. And now that he's stretching and, and stuff and getting more mobile, his body is responding better. And again, that's stuff that I'm learning more recently than, and I wish I had known or somebody had told me 20 years ago to say, Hey dude, stretch. And actually I shouldn't even say that because people did tell me like, Oh, you need to stretch <laughs> out. Yeah, dude, totally. You got to stretch after you work out. It's, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Oh, that really hurts. Oh, well that's cause you haven't stretched in freaking two weeks. Dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so. just being able to, yeah. It's being able to just, yeah. It's the same thing. I feel like with the supplements and stuff, like figure yeah. out what works for you. And like, I mean, I think everybody can benefit from it. Um, whether it's not an app, whether you need to go see a physical therapist or you don't even want to do it, they have places called like stretch zone and they'll stretch you for you. Like there's so oh, many different nice. things. Yeah. I need I, to find yeah. one of those. Holy cow. Yeah. I've, I heard it. One of my neighbors was telling me about it and I was like, what? Like, yeah, they'll stretch you for like 30 minutes. And I was like, you're kidding. I'm like you paid to go have somebody stretch you. I wonder if like, I could ask my wife, up. Hey honey, yeah, honey, I, I mean, I need a stretch zone. <laughs> yeah so i'm like no way um so i mean clearly there's things out there for everybody um wow. so if you just feel like you're too lazy and don't want to do it at all go to one of these places pay them money and let them stretch you for you oh, um, that's that i sometimes think having if it is like more structural issues and like there is like physical pain then you probably need to see a pt or somebody that can actually like assess it if it's dry needling or cupping and doing right. different strengthening exercises for those areas like yes go seek like professional help that will do that but i feel like for a lot of people it's just finding some sort of five to ten minute stretch routine that you can just do daily and just do it um, yeah. and you'll start to see the benefits pretty quick by you'll be oh man my hips don't feel as tight my shoulders aren't feel as achy like those things all add up over time and being able to do those things will definitely help and make you feel better. And then you just don't hurt as much. <laughs> like you're just not in pain. Like it just feels better. Yeah, like it feels good. It's when, amazing. When feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, I feel so good. I'm not going to stretch. And then you're like, Oh, I don't feel so good anymore. I'll start. Stretching yeah. <laughs> and you'll feel good again. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so the third thing that I have learned personally, again, more recently than not is how much sleep is such a benefit. And, I don't think there's enough put on that. Now, for everybody out there that listens to this, that we all are in the same boat because we'll get called out at two o'clock in the morning. You don't get a good night's sleep at two o'clock in the morning. And then you'll come back at six, redo all your gear, and you're back out at 6.30. So yeah. sleep doesn't, doesn't really go with our job. However, preparing and, what again, what I've learned more recently is I get I try to get a good night's sleep and, and try to keep that regimented sleep uh, for recovery more than anything else. And then on the days that I get launched out or I'm, I'm working to the, like, to the bone, you only get two or three hours of sleep. If that, I, I have my body responds better and then I can get back into that sleep routine. 
What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I think sleep ultimately is like your best recovery tool for all of it, right? I feel like everybody's on their phone or they're watching TV too late. Like, you know, I'm watching Netflix for hours on hours and it's like, you could just be in your bed sleeping and you'd probably have way more benefits and then be way healthier for you if you just went to bed at like nine o'clock versus midnight and then you slept for four hours versus, okay, if I do have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, like I have four kids, right? And they're up all the time. Like, I don't have a great night's sleep. I, I'm not saying I understand it from your side of the point of view, oh, but like, hey, from the kids, point of view, kids like, are about the same. I, I, yeah, I got three daughters. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like one of them getting up, then 30 minutes later, the other one's up because he's cold and one in his blanket, but his blanket's on top of him. But he just wanted you to touch his back. Like, there's all these little things of like, okay, I didn't sleep for three hours, but it's being able then back to like the mental side of things of being like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's just, this is life. It's part of it. Like you created these children and now you have to step up to the plate and handle it. Um, But I think from like sleep perspective, it's the easiest thing that gets overlooked probably the most, right? Like going to bed at a normal, reasonable time. Like I'm usually in bed by probably 9, 15, 9, 30, probably at the latest. And I'm probably asleep within three minutes. Um, like I'm usually out, it drives my wife nuts, but (laughs) cause I mean, I'm literally like, as soon as I hit the bed, I am out. Like, and I even have this, like, uh, it's called eight sleep. It's like a kind of like a topper that goes on top of the mattress and it can like heat and cool and do different things. Oh, nice. Wait, hold on. Wait, what's that called? I got to write this down. Eight eight sleep. Like Like the number eight and then sleep. Yeah. Ooh. And then uh, I'm looking that up. Like cools and heats and does different things so like in the winter i'll make sure it's like warmer so like when you get into bed like it just feels better and then like you can change the settings throughout the night so if you know like in the middle of the night you typically get warm like i have mine right now because it's still pretty hot like at a negative nine so it's like it's cold like you get into the bed it's like cold and it's (laughs) incredible then you can set it like usually around like two or three o'clock i start getting kind of like almost too cold so then i drop the temperature down so then it will like it will automatically do it and you can start to like regulate that and see how you're tracking and sleeping and it tracks your hrv and all these other things which is really neat but you can even set it to do alarms it's crazy like wow. so the bed will vibrate like in the morning it'll go like it's nuts i mean it's so cool it's awesome uh i mean they were a sponsor and helped out. And I mean, it was probably one of the coolest things. I was like, this is incredible. Um, but like, I, like that. I, like that I feel lot. like I would get it for all of my beds now. If like, if, <laughs> if for some reason I never had that again, I would definitely go buy it and use it. I mean, it's awesome. Um, okay. But they just have like toppers now. Like I have the full setup of like the mattress and everything, but you can even get like toppers that just go on top of your actual bed size and you don't even need it. Um, but it's I mean, pretty cool. Probably what I would want to do because, you know, I'm cheap. Yeah. No, I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> like, it's so pretty cool. awesome. Um, but there's that. And then I think, yeah, just finding ways to get to bed at a normal time. And I mean, I'm up at five o'clock probably every day yeah. just because my kids are up. Dad, dad, dad. dad. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, now it's time. So it's just like routine. They're up oh. that early. But I remember all that, I mean, buddy. I, I really do. Yeah. But I think it's 
some people would be like, oh, I'm going to keep going to bed at midnight and get up at five. It's like, no, why don't you go to bed sooner and then get up at five? And then now I had nine hours of sleep versus five hours of sleep. And like just finding ways to improve sleep is always important. Like sleep's always like the number one recovery tool for anything. It's like even food's the best supplement instead of shakes like that you just have to figure out what's going to work for you. And if it is like, I did only get four hours of sleep that night, like, okay, well, how can I feel myself nutritionally wise to make myself feel better throughout the rest of the day? Where if I can take a 20 minute power nap at some point, take a 20 minute power nap, like just finding ways to improve sleep patterns, I think is very important. I mean, I'm not a big napper, but I do go to bed early and get, I mean, I probably ate, eight and a half probably every night. Um, that's really good. Well, that's, I try to get the same, but regardless if, if my kids get out, that's a completely yeah. different story, but if they all sleep through the night, then it's fantastic. And I can get that. But if not, yeah, it could be four, five, but it's just the name of the game. And I mean, yeah. I think it's just, you got to be able to function and keep going on without it. I mean, I remember the games in 20, this is my first year at the games. We, had a uh the fire alarm system went off on our floor and i honestly i thought it was dave castro pulling like get up it's time to come do a workout like in my head i was like this dude's he's crazy like this dude's genuinely crazy like we're all he's waking us all up we're gonna go down to the main lobby it's three o'clock in the morning what a great idea dave uh just throwing that out there (laughs) yeah sorry Sorry, not all the athletes are at the hotel which in the moment I was not processing. Um, and then I just remember getting down to the lobby and it's just our floor. I'm like, where is everybody? Like, what's happening? And they're like, oh, it's just the fire alarm. You can go back up. And I was like, oh, come on. But I remember it. I was, I thought the whole time, I was like, this is a day behind it all. He's about to make us do a workout at three o'clock in the morning. And you just got to be prepared for it. So my kids have prepared me to be able to work out very early if I needed to. That's hilarious. And that is right there. That is our world is that, you know, yeah. it's just an alarm going off. It might not be a fire alarm. It's the SAR alarm. Whoop, 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 whoop. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. People in the water, people in distress, yeah, go get them. Crazy. So. Man. Like how often do you guys fly out? Like, is it every well, day or is it? It depends. Um, so the greatest part about this is this is like, uh, you know, we, I've talked to guys from around the world and it depends on the area you're in. And like for me personally, when I was in Kodiak, Alaska, Alaska, we flew quite a bit. Uh, when I was stationed in Humboldt Bay, California, we did not fly quite as much. It was, it was when we had SAR or a search and rescue case, it was pretty big. You know, it was a, it was kind of a big deal, but it was limited. You go down to places in New Orleans or out down out of Miami. Um, uh, All the party places. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot. Savannah, Georgia, another one. Like they, they have a quite a bit of SAR down there. Elizabeth City, you go right up to Cape Cod and all, you know, Atlantic City. Those guys, they they have some SAR and they get sent out on some crazy stuff. You know, 50 foot waves. You know, I've, I've heard guys talk about, you know, getting lower down um, because of pilots being ejected out of aircrafts and guys getting rolled up into spools on the fishing boats and it's like, as a matter of fact, I, we just talked to a guy who uh, his survivor survived a, a helicopter crash and he ended up swimming over to 
to go get him. He's and next thing you know, he's chilling on the bottom of the helicopter with him. Be like, okay, we gotta wait for the next helicopter to come back. And now he's in that situation where, all right, now we gotta start swimming guys back and forth. But it's it, that was his opportunity to almost rest. It's like, okay, let's take a break, and then boom, back into swimming the other guys to the aircraft. So, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it I did. can't imagine. I feel like I couldn't even imagine like seeing a thirty or fifty foot swell like that would just. It's, like, uh, see it's, that it's interesting. Be... <laughs> sure. That's one way to put it. Interesting. I mean, that just sounds terrifying. Like that just sounds like that sounds terrifying. Uh, if you can imagine. All right. I, so the next I, time I you're on, I don't know how the people surf those big waves, like the people that surf like those oh, yeah. things. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like you're going to die. You're going <laughs> to die. If you fall that. Like you're hitting the water so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they come in with jet skis behind to go get them. Hey, I got you. And then blast off. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. The next time you're on like a, a good size incline of a hill, just lay down, look up, and be like, oh, this is about to be like the swim up a wave. Got it. <laughs> yep. Nope. 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 I'm not probably like, I'm probably just not going to try to put myself in that situation at all. That's probably, um, probably a good idea. Just, I'll. I mean, like the ones in Dubai, sure that we had. Like, I've been in some other ones that are, I mean, well, well under ten feet, and it's still. I'm like, hey, this is good. I had fun. It was a good time, but I really would prefer not to see anything much. Or if I saw it, good thing I got YouTube or something because then I can just yeah, watch yeah. it on that. I'm not. You know what? Just call me, dude. I'll, I'll help you out. I'll come out and be yeah. like, All right, this is how we attack this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I attack, just give me a bunch of floaties so I can okay. still float. The arm floaties, yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah. The big, the big orange ones, the big orange ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. And flippers. <laughs> They'll be oh, looking like Scooby Steve over here. That's yeah. awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Travis, uh, you know, I've, I've already taken a ton of your time. I can't thank you enough for coming on. If, if you have anything else you want to pass to everybody out there that's listening, the floor is open to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're ever looking for a CrossFit gym, just come to my gym. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, find, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think if you're in the CrossFit space and you're wanting to find something, just do some research, figure out where you're going. I mean, it's all pretty cool what we can do and how the whole community around the sport has grown. And I think it's cool to kind of, be able to have these situations like this where this podcast has pretty much brought us together through CrossFit and yeah. my neighbor. Um, yeah. Thanks Mark. <laughs> so, like, Shout out to Mark. Yeah. yeah. So from that side of things, like just something from like health and wellness wise to then it's so cool to see everybody kind of come together. Like there's 13,000 affiliates across the world and all these people are coming together, doing some of the same workouts and, it's just really neat. And if it is, if that's not what you want to do, then just go find something that you can find out at your LA fitness, lifetime fitness, take some classes, do something, yeah. just do something. That's what I feel like is the biggest thing is it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but just take yourself and your health serious because it is, you only have one and it's very important. And so you need to make sure you do that and learn as much as you can and keep growing and yeah, just try to live the best life you can. Freaking right. Come on, Travis Mayer. Yeah. I'm going to call you when I get down there. I'll, I'll come work out with you. Is that cool? Yeah, man. Come on. I'm going to get my Go ass handed to me is what's going to happen. Probably. Ah! <laughs>
that's fantastic. I mean, it's like me saying, "Hey, let's go swim." Like it's just there's you know like yeah. this is. I'll drown you. It's cool. I get to, I get paid to work out. Yeah, I mean it's just everybody's got their thing, right? Uh, I'm okay with that. I like that. <laughs> Dude, thank you again for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you and and everybody out there that's listening. I I hope you guys got something from this because this has been a great conversation. So thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Heck yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and like my daughters like to tell me, like and subscribe. Oh yeah. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story that they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or if you have any questions about any of the rescues or anything else that we talk about here on this podcast, send me an email, therealrescue at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q at gmail.com. You can also check us out on our Facebook and Instagram page at The Real Rescue. That's at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. I also want to give a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember that when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard.